Amen. You may be seated, everyone. Happy New Year. Oh, I love the energy in the room. 12.30. I slept in. <laughs> Man, I love the energy in the room here. I want to welcome you, especially if you're here for the first time. My name is Rich. Um, I'm the lead pastor at New Life. At the end of our service, I'll be downstairs. Some of our pastors will be downstairs. And so, love to meet you if uh, I've never met you before. Last night, we really partied. I mean, you guys can move. Oh, my goodness. On the dance floor. Uh, you guys were amazing. I want to give a big shout out. I don't, know, I don't know if they're in the room. To Peter and Mirna Road. And they really put the event together. <laughs> big round of applause. <laughs> Joseph Terry. Uh, MC the night. Uh, he went from leading the electric slide to the wobble to uh, giving a devotional. I said, this guy is doing it all. I mean, this guy is doing it all. So uh, big shout out to Joe. Uh, next week I'll be preaching but, uh, uh, and starting us off the new year on a new series. But really it gives me great pleasure to introduce our, our speaker today. Uh, just over two years ago, uh, Matthew Mano came on our staff to be our youth pastor, and in the past two years, Matt has done really a wonderful, wonderful job pastoring and leading our youth ministry. We've seen just so much life and great joy come out of that community there, and um, over the past couple of years, Matt has been part of a small group of people. Every year, I'm committed to training preachers for uh, what is New Life Fellowship right now, what New Life Fellowship will be in the years to come. And I think preaching is such an important part of uh, what it means to be a church and what it means to gather as the people of God. And so every year I train preachers. And Matt, for the past couple of years, has been part of the small group of preachers um, that I've trained. And so I'm really glad to have him share with us today. Uh, Matt is from uh, Queens, born and raised in Queens, Matt is a Met fan, so you know the hand of God is on him. God's hand is on that man right there. He's a Met fan. And uh, at the end of his sermon, I'll lead us in communion. But listen, whenever we get a guest speaker to come and preach, we give them like a crazy New Life Fellowship ovation. If we do that for strangers, all right, that we see once in a while, we could do a lot better for someone that we see all the time. And so give it up for Matt as he comes up. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> thank you. Good morning. Happy New Year, everyone. I, I appreciate the Arsenio uh, bark coming from over here on my left. Uh, I am so excited that I get an opportunity to start off the year here at New Life sharing a word with all of you guys. Um, last night's New Year's party was amazing. If you weren't here, put it on your calendar for next year. Uh, before I begin, let's just take a moment and pray together. Father, we give you thanks. Thank you for the start of a new year. Thank you for the, the beginning of a new season for so many of us. As we look to your word this morning, God, I, I pray that what comes out is a vision for the way that we can set up our lives for the year to come. I pray that we can get a greater sense of what it is that you are trying to do in us and through us over the course of this next year. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. So here we are at the beginning of a new year. We celebrated, we counted down until that ball dropped and everybody threw confetti in the air. It was wonderful. 
If you were here last night, there were horns blaring in both of my ears. I'm still a little deaf this morning. But we look at the, the year ahead of us, and one of the things that we do at the start of every year is make resolutions. We make resolutions. We set goals for ourselves. We set up things that we want to accomplish in the year to come. For some of you, there are new jobs to get out there and find. There are new experiences that you'd like to go and experience. Some of you are looking for love this year. This is your year when you find the one. Some of you want to study harder and get better grades. My personal favorite, personal favorite is fitness goals. Everybody wants to be a different person in the new year. But this is the worst time of year to make new friends at the gym. Because a week from now, you will never see them again. <laughs> I've got a few things on my own personal agenda in the year to come. The biggest one is in July, I'll be getting married to that wonderful young lady right there. Right? My fiance, Natalie, I converted her to a Met fan, so praise God for that. <laughs> My fiance, Natalie, and I have got lots of plans and lots of things on our agenda this year. We have to figure out where to live, what to put in that place to live. In terms of furniture, I want a couch that looks one way, and she has a better idea. <laughs> There's tons of things that we have to figure out, including even who to invite to the wedding. And there will be people disappointed when they don't get an invitation. It's nothing personal. But all of these things are, they shape our agendas for the year. They all serve as the things that we're going to work towards at the beginning of a new year. They're goals that we set. But the question that we need to ask ourselves is, what's driving those things? What's the driving force behind the choices that we're making when it comes to what we're going to pursue in a new year? And the bigger question we have to ask ourselves is, are, am I willing to lay down my agenda to consider what God may have for me? Am I willing to lay down all of the things that I can see before me? All the things that I can wrap my arms around and I can touch and go after? Am I willing to lay all of those things down to consider what God has for me? In our text this morning, this afternoon, we find a man with an agenda. He's got something very specific that he needs. That was planned. Yet his approach to Jesus gives us this incredible picture of what it looks like when we lay down our agenda and we approach God in this new year. If you will, turn with me in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. This is what the Word of God says, and you can follow along on the screens. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. So here we find Jesus, he's just finished preaching his Sermon on the Mount. It's probably the most famous sermon that Jesus has ever preached that we have recorded in the New Testament. He's got a ton of people following him. He's got a, a large crowd moving with him wherever he goes. People were amazed at Jesus' teaching because he spoke in a way that made them feel included. It made them feel like they belonged. 
He preached the kingdom of God in an inclusive way that if you were on the margins of society, if you were among the poor, you could sit under Jesus' teaching and feel like, this is for me. He had a way of drawing people to himself. But more than just good teaching, he had a reputation for being someone that did things that no one had ever seen before. If you could be around somebody and you knew that they were going to do something that was amazing, that was miraculous even, you'd want to follow that person around, wouldn't you? That's exactly why we, this man with leprosy decided to approach Jesus. He had a need. He had a need that no one else was able to fulfill, and he knew that the possibility existed that he would see something in his own life that he had so desperately wanted. Now understand this, having leprosy was pretty much a death sentence. It meant that this man was cut off from community. It meant that he had no friends. It meant that he had no family. It meant that he had to live in certain areas of town in order to keep himself from infecting everyone around. It was believed at the time that if you had leprosy, it was a result of your sin. It was a result of your choices. It was punishment for what you did. And if you came near someone with this, if you touched them, you were also considered unclean. It meant that you were cut off from being able to go to the temple to worship. So not only are you separated from your family and friends, but you're also separated from the place that you go to connect with God. It sounds like a pretty miserable, lonely existence. And this was his every day. This was his every day. And this guy knows the rules. He lives them all the time. When he goes home, he travels to the outskirts of town. When he walks through the villages and the towns to beg and to, to ask people for money or food or whatever it might be, he has to go around shouting, unclean, unclean, so people know to stay away from him. Yet here he is, cutting through a crowd, walking up to Jesus to ask him something. He's at the end of his rope and he doesn't know what else to do. And he says to Jesus, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Notice his question is not about Jesus' ability. He doesn't say to him, oh, you know, maybe if it's possible. He knows it's possible. He has faith enough to believe that Jesus can do the thing he needs. He, just, he wants to know, are you willing to do this? Will you do this? As we approach our new year, we have our list of resolutions. We have all of these things we want to accomplish. Are you asking God, can you do this? Are you asking God, will you do this? Are you seeking out the will of God in your life? Or are you seeking God to do your will for you? Amen. This man asks with humility. He asks with faith. How often do we ask God questions based on what we believe he can do? Do you have an agenda in mind? Do you have an agenda in mind as you start your new year? We all find ourselves at a place where we need to have prayers answered, don't we? We all have, uh, we all have things that we want to get done. Maybe you've been out of a job for a while and money is starting to get tight. Maybe you have a job that you really just don't like and you want to find a new one. Maybe you have a sick relative that you just, you've been praying and you, you're hoping that this is the year that they're going to get healed. Maybe you just have a friend. You've been sharing the gospel with them over and over, time and again, and they just won't seem to turn a corner. They won't seem to see the light. 
We turn to God in prayer in the moments when we need him the most. And many of us have been in the place of this leper. We want an outcome. We're feeling the weight of the things going on around us. We're feeling a certain degree of desperation, and we turn to Jesus for the answers. But are you coming to him expecting your will or looking for his? It was about nine years ago, uh, my dad got what I, we thought he had a cold. This thing had just been lingering in him for months, and we just couldn't understand why he didn't shake it. And, you know, one of the things I got from my dad, one of the family scripts I believed was that you just didn't go to the doctor. So finally, we convinced him that he needed to go, and he came home that day, and we all sat down together as a family. And I could tell from the look on his face that this was, this was not going to be good news. And he said the word that we all dreaded, cancer. My dad had, was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. He was given 18 months to live. Now understand, my dad smoked for about 25 or 30 years of his life, so the fact that he eventually developed cancer wasn't a huge, it didn't come out of nowhere. But it was still a shock to our family. We were still in despair over the fact that someone that we loved and cared for was gonna have to go through something. The doctors told him that even with really aggressive chemotherapy, maybe they could make it go away, but it would come back again and it would kill him. After we got over the initial shock of the news, my dad spent some time in prayer. He came back to us and he said, you know, I think we just have to get to the place where we accept whatever it is that God has for, for me in this situation. I don't wanna die. But if that's what God has for me, then what choice do I have? But if healing is what he has for me, then he'll do it his way and in his time. I couldn't believe that perspective. Because here I am sitting, sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, like, we gotta, we, gotta, we gotta pray this away, it's gotta go this way. And yet my dad is in the midst of it. He's living it and he's opening himself up to the possibilities of whatever God's will is for his life. No matter how it turned out, he, he was at peace with the fact that God had a plan. And here we are nine years later. My dad is alive. Amen. Amen. You can applaud for that. He's alive. He's cancer-free. He's not sick. Nothing else like that. He is as healthy as can be. I believe that's the grace of God at work in his life and in my life so that I could even think about this. That happened to him and we're still trying to understand why, but I have a testimony and a story that I can share with all of you today. Because God is good. And when we surrender and we submit our agendas to God, it gives him space to work in our lives. You know, I'm glad that things worked out the way, they did, that, the way that they did here. I'm glad that God saw fit to heal my dad in a way that the doctors told him would not happen. But most of all, I'm, I'm grateful for the example of his faith and trust in God's ability to do things. His willingness to accept the fact that God could see an ending that was so much greater than anything we could imagine, hope for, or even begin to ask. I think that's the hardest part about trusting God and laying down my agenda for him. I don't know how things are going to turn out. I don't know what the ending of stuff is going to be. I don't always know where his answers are going to lead me. But thankfully, Jesus knows exactly what we need, and he brings us to things that not only, not only fulfill a want or a desire, but he brings us things that actually change who we are. 
that shape us more into the people he's called each and every single one of you to be. That's exactly what he does for the leper. Jesus doesn't just speak words over this man. He could have done that. He could have just said, okay, be healed. Have a nice day. Happy New Year. Jesus does something absolutely incredible. It says in Matthew 8, verse 3, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed, and instantly the leprosy disappeared. One commentator put it that Jesus was so filled with anger over the fact that this man had this disease because he recognized it as the work of the devil. Reaching out to touch anyone with a skin disease was, would make you unclean. Jesus knew the law. He knew that it was forbidden for him to touch this man. And yet he reaches out and touches him anyway. He reaches out his hand and touches this man. He makes him clean while making himself unclean. Jesus meets this man's suffering with compassion. He's completely unconcerned about what's going to happen to him in the eyes of people. And he's totally focused on restoring this man to health and to life. I believe that Jesus was also moved by the way this man approached him and asked in the first place. He doesn't come to Jesus in this entitled way, demanding that he get the results and the outcome that he wants. He's coming with faith. He believes in Jesus' ability. He just wants God's will for his life. And he kneels there and he asks for it. When you're approaching your year, again, are you asking God for his will? Are you pausing when you've made the resolutions that you've made? When you've decided the things that you're going to pursue this year? Are you asking God for his will or just expecting you? I love the fact that Jesus responds the way that he does. He responds with love, and it leads this man to restoration, and it leads this man to healing. And in this one moment, his entire life has been changed. This is an amazing picture of what God does in the life of someone who puts their agenda aside and seeks out what he wants. Jesus' act of reaching out and touching this man is also a beautiful picture of what he does for us at the cross. The reality for you and I is that we're all afflicted by sin. It's a curse that we're born with, and it's a disease for which there is no human cure. We deserve death, and yet Jesus came here anyway, reached out his arm, and touched us. He made himself unclean so that we could be clean in the eyes of God. If that's not worth celebrating over, I don't know what is. Can we get an amen for, for God's grace at the cross? Jesus came here, he got on that cross to take on our sin. He exchanged our uncleanliness for his perfection. And then he rose again. He rose again to break the power of sin for all time. To deny its power over us. To show that he is so much greater than anything that we could ever face, even death. And his will for all of our lives is that we know him. That we know him and we allow him the space in our lives to make us clean. I'd like to call our worship team to come forward. See, he wants all of us to have faith to believe that his will for us is greater than the things we can see. That our agenda is something we can submit to, to God and trust, that he's going to work things out. 
He wants to instill in all of us the courage to believe that even if things don't go our way, the promise of life with him is so much greater than all of our momentary troubles. That even if we're faced with death, even if we're facing death, we're faced with our entrance into eternity with him. We're faced with the completion of all things. We need to ask ourselves some questions about how we approach God this year. Are there things in your life that you're trying to convince God to give you? Are there, are there things that you're praying over that line up with your agenda? Or are you leaving space for him to do a new thing in your life? How different would your year look if you decided to submit your agenda and your resolutions to God? How different would your year look if you allowed him to have his way? The best way we can do that is to allow God the space to speak into our lives. It starts out with us, with us making time to actually hear from him. Maybe, maybe we have to make some changes to our days where we start every day in silence before God, allowing him some room to, to, for us to enjoy his presence, allowing him some space to speak into our lives. Maybe it's time to get connected in a small group here at church. Or maybe for some of you in this room, it's time for you to come to Jesus for the first time, to know him as your savior this year, to know the life that he has in store for all those who believe. I don't know what th this year holds for any of you, but I do know that, the, that Jesus loves to touch the lives of people who lay down their agendas and seek him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this new year. We thank you for a new season, a new start, and God, I pray that we would have the courage to lay down our agendas before you, to lay down our resolutions before you and trust that you're going to lead us and take us to places that, that we belong, the places where we can experience life with you. God, I pray over our years, Lord, let us see you. Let us see the ways that you're at work in us and through us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Let's all stand together. I want to invite those that are going to be offering communion to come to the tables around the room here. And what a great way to start the year. What a wonderful way to start the year. This man in the passage goes to Jesus and says, are you willing? And... I imagine Jesus flipping the question on him and flipping the question on us, asking us, are you willing? Are you willing to submit your agenda? Are you willing to submit your plan? Are you willing to submit your will? Most of us, we've already decided ahead of time what we're doing, and yet every single day is a day of, of repentance, a day of turning back. Listen, we're just a couple of hours into 2017, and all of us have already made decisions. I'm doing this, and Jesus is already calling us to repent. Turn back the other way. Align your life to me, your plans to me, your way to me, your heart to me. And so when we come to the table of communion, really we're coming to a table of surrender. That's what communion is. It's, it's a place of surrender. It's not only the place of grace, a table of grace. It's a table of surrender where Jesus Christ, broken and bruised, surrenders to the Father's will on the cross. 
And when we come to take bread and dip it in the cup, we are essentially saying, Lord, may I surrender my will, my way, my plans, my aspirations, my dreams to you. And so when you come to the table, you'll dip it in uh, the cup, the bread in the cup. You'll go back to your seat. But before we do that, I want to give you a moment to, uh, for your own repentance. And then we're going to pray a prayer of confession on the screen. But maybe you've already decided what you're doing. Maybe you haven't sought God about anything. And you want to offer your own repentance to say, Lord, I've made decisions without you. I've gone forward without you. I've had my own agenda without you. Lord. I repent. I want to begin the new year in a posture of repentance. Why don't you offer your own repentance before God and we'll pray this prayer of confession together. Let's pray this prayer of confession as the family of Jesus together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you through our own faults, in thought, in word, in deed, in what we have done, in what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us all our offenses and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Hear these words out of the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Come take bread, dip it in a cup, go back to your seat, and I'll lead us together. Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross, that you were broken and bruised so that we might be whole and healed. And Lord, I pray that as we take in this bread, that it would be a sign of our own surrender to you, of us saying, not our will, but your will be done. Let's all take the bread together. Amen. I want to invite our prayer team to come to my left. Let's give it up for Matt. Matt served us, blessed us. This wonderful. Our prayer team is to our left. Maybe you came in here today just in need of prayer for whatever need that you have today. Maybe you, you want to lay down your will. You want to surrender your life to Jesus, maybe for the first time or maybe for the hundredth time. You want to come back to him. Our prayer team would love to pray for you and stay as long as we need to pray for you as we ring in this, this new year. And I believe God has... Uh, great gifts in store for us in 2017. And those gifts come as we continually say, say, Lord, not my will, but your will. Not my will, but your Lord. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. 
I'm going to invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. It's a great way to start the new year just with blessing, that God's hand is on you, that his love is on you, that he loves you with an everlasting love. And he's sending you forth out of this place to be a sign and a source of blessing to people that you encounter this week. And so with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you and shine his face upon you and fill you with peace. May you walk out of this building in the power of the Holy Spirit saying yes to Jesus in every aspect of your life. And may you be an extension of blessing to all those you encounter this week and this year. I bless you all in the strong and the beautiful and the resurrected name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Happy New Year. Amen.